Yes, Santa Cruz, welcome to the Cannabis Connection. I'm Christopher Carr. Thank you for tuning in to Santa Cruz Cannabis Talk Radio. We are very honored and excited to speak with Christian of Finest Cannabis. Christian started his professional career as a software engineer, entrepreneur, in running startups. During his software career, he was introduced to cultivating cannabis. Like most growers in the early 2000s, he started growing in garages in Lake Tahoe area. Honing in on his skills, he then brought a farm. He bought a farm and started to cultivate in greenhouses in the foothills outside of Sacramento. He launched Finest with his late partner, Justin Malloy in the Prop 215 days and supplied a bunch of clubs in the Sacramento and Bay Area. Christian became involved with local legislation to help build an ordinance as the transition into the recreational market. Justin and Christian took their skills to Sacramento where they would go on to building licensed facilities, one of which was a nursery and formed a partnership to bring tissue culture to a commercial cannabis cultivator cultivators across the whole state of California. Justin passed away in 2019, leaving a great legacy in the industry. And Christian has kept the torch going, concentrating on the genetic development of high-quality cannabis. And a little bit about Finest. This is Finest Cannabis was founded with the clear goal in mind to build upon principles of science to create the finest cannabis on the market. This is where the tradition meets innovation, which we will discuss this evening. I'm very excited to learn about these innovative approaches to propagation. To achieve the finest goal, they use cutting-edge science and superior genetics to grow from tissue culture micro-propagation, allowing Finus to consistently produce a diverse portfolio of exotic strains. Very honored to have Christian welcome to the Cannabis Connection. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you. And can you tell our audience, where in the world are you joining us this evening? Uh, I am in Truckee, uh, up by Lake Tahoe. That's kind of where I lay my head. Nice. Uh, I'm I'm on the road a lot, Sacramento, Yellow County, the foothills. So, um, yeah, but that's where I call home right now. So that's off of Highway 80. So when you were doing your works, and um, I'd love to hear the roots of, um, you know, the garage grows. I I grew up off of Highway 50 near South Lake Tahoe and uh, had a lot of friends in South Lake. And you could always tell the the good growers because when when you have a big storm, obviously that roof was was clean because of the heat, residual heat from the the garden, indoor gardens. But uh, can you speak to those early days and how you were introduced to those early stages, you and, and Justin's work? Yeah, um, I started cultivating, uh, I'd say probably like mid-2000s. Uh, started actually in a uh, in a room, had like five lights in a spare bedroom of a house that we were renting. Um, <clears throat> learned the hard way like most of us did. Um learned about pest pressures and, you know, unstable genetics. And, you know, back then even, uh, especially up in Lake Tahoe, I think there was like two hydroponic stores. And back then everybody was scared to actually purchase anything. People were always worried that, you know, someone was following you back to your grow. And, you know, I just, uh, I learned the hard way. I spent a lot of time reading, um, blog po- or like uh, the the old posts on uh, some of the message boards um, back then there was very few people you know putting YouTube or there was no Instagram or anything like that so it was a lot of trial and error um, cultivated like you said uh, <laughs> when there were storms you know the we'd lose power for a while but one of the things I always did was actually kind of circulate the the cold mountain air through through my lights and through my garden, which always seemed to uh, give me a lot more resin production, a lot higher terpenes. Um, and back then I was, there was uh, a couple of dispensaries. I would, um, South Lake Tahoe had a couple of dispensaries. Truckee had a couple mobile dispensaries. 
So I kind of started off just hitting the road all over from the Bay, San Jose, uh, Sacramento, um, you know, just trying to build a little, little, uh, a little base of dispensary buyers. Um, I learned right away that, you know, genetics was, was the key to, you know, um, cultivating high quality cannabis and, um, for me, uh, it was funny being kind of, you know, removed in Tahoe. There was always some great indoor growers, but most of the genetics were coming from, from up north and Humboldt and Mendocino. And, um, a lot of those guys would actually kind of crop out and come spend some time in Tahoe for the winter, ski, snowboard. So I was lucky enough to make friends and, Kind of how my connection of genetics started was meeting people up north that were doing the real breeding and selections and stuff like that. And then, you know, coming to Tahoe and most of them was funny, like even though they would, you know, make a good, good living, they would, they would still have, you know, a 10 lighter in a garage in Tahoe and, and still, you know, still cultivate throughout the winter. So. You know, it started in the, the 215, you know, for me, um, trying to create, you know, something that made me stand out a little bit. And like I said, that really, really went to genetics. Um, and when I was actually cultivating, I had one of the original Thin Mint cookie cuts and had started building up a, a really good, like, base of clients throughout Sacramento and the Bay Area that would purchase everything that I could grow back then. And that cut actually, um, I remember dropping it off to one um, one dispensary in San, San Jose. And I got a call that, hey, you know, this, this batch is full seeds. And I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know how that happened. I didn't see anything. And over time, that cut kind of drifted and wasn't genetically stable anymore. So that kind of set me down the path of researching as much as I could on on message boards. And um, I actually came across uh, a guy selling tissue culture kits out of uh, the Bay Area in Oakland. Uh, the guy's name was Bill Graham, and he... Um, sold you kind of like a premix kit. You could take little cuttings and, and, and root them in these little vials. And, you know, back then growing in a garage, nothing was very sterile. So I think out of like 250 cuts, I got maybe one or two to, to actually, um, to kind of, uh, not be contaminated and, and, Couple couple weeks later, they were all contaminated. So I kept trying my my uh, my hand at it, but didn't realize that I really needed to be in more of a lab, you know, setting more of a more of a, uh, a sterile environment. So um, as we like progressed down the, um, we started to go into um, the foothills of Lake Tahoe, Grass Valley, Penn Penn Valley area. Um, nice. Started growing outside and and um, was kind of there. I started doing a lot of greenhouse cultivation, um, and as we kind of went into the the legal, you know, the, the Prop 64 passed. I guess it was Macursa before that, but you know, as those those legislation started taking effect, um, the area that we were in did not allow, or they actually banned commercial cultivation and put it to vote. And we all, a bunch of growers got together and we're, we were able to overturn that vote. But, um, during the meantime, we were, um, because of the ban, they, they started to chop a lot of gardens, started to, uh, have raids on a lot of us and, um, having small children and, and a family, decided to kind of back out of that county um, and kind of move down to Sacramento where we started to, to 
to acquire licenses and in in buildings and start to build the brand and um you know tissue culture was always on my mind of like <clears throat> something that I believe that really needed to be at the forefront of cannabis um I started seeing a lot of friends you know move to Salinas and in Monterey and that's kind of when we started learning about um overspray and you know a lot of these genetics over the years are just really passed around and you know if you didn't have a good network you never knew what was sprayed on it before you so you know understanding that some of these you know pesticides are systemic and can be in you know the tissue for long periods of time you know we kind of went out and and um tried to figure out how we could get tissue culture and honestly it was it was uh really for for us to to build tc in-house and on our own genetics and we were trying to build a a facility in in sacramento that we kind of hit some some speed bumps and some hurdles um we ended up partnering with a, a large tissue culture company um in the agricultural world and started building that um you know joint venture together and lots of uh lots of different um we learned a lot over the years um and it was just kind of funny the uh we we started to multiply and and all of a sudden these these plants started to all of a sudden just start piling up we didn't know what to do with them and um i would say that our nursery was you know kind of built off of you know um an opportunity um and we we started to put them out i remember we me and jay actually were at an emerald cup this would had to be like 2000 i think 16 we shared a little 10 by 10 with with another friend kind of showing showing off the plants and showing you know what we were planning on doing um most people thought we were you know some sort of you know gmo uh you know altering the plant and stuff like that um but the actually the first couple of commercial clients we had we actually had to give plants away um you know the tissue culture process is is unique where it can actually turn back kind of the clock of the the genetic and you know kind of going back to my to my story about finding what tissue culture could do and and understanding that you know having a, a plant that you know when you crack a seed you have all these you know phenotype chemotypes and it actually it gives you the same you know health and vigor that a seed start would give you, it gives you a lot of the juvenile traits, but it, it doesn't, you know, require you to obviously, you know, pheno hunt. So um, we were trying to tell a lot of, a lot of cultivar, uh, cultivation people, you know, at this Emerald Cup about what we were going to do. And most people just you know, kind of brushed it off. And like I said, we had to actually give away our first, first set of plants to, the cult, uh, cultivation and ask people just to run them side by side and you know that the health and vigor that you get from a true tissue culture plant is is unlike any other clone that's on the market can you for the novice listener too i'm familiar but i think it would be helpful uh at a layman's translation of what is the tissue culture process because it's 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 very exciting and it is a, a very important science that I think we should understand. Traditionally, for the novice listener or for the yardeners and gardeners, you, you take a cutting off of a mother plant and put it in a grow media with sometimes a rooting hormone, a dip or powder, and or you could some some people are able to use aloe vera and just put things in in the soil and sometimes it'll it'll the plant has these this ability the capacity just to root taking just little branches off of a, a bigger plant but the tissue culture process 
is a little more scientific and and the key piece is the sterility of the of the lab it's a lab it's it's uh, maybe we can shed light to the people because i think it's very interesting science and i think it's a very exciting step and you guys are really leading the way in, in the tissue culture micro propagation yeah like you said you know like the um the traditional method or you know of just taking you know asexually propagated clones either dip them in a, a rooting hormone or like you said the aloe vera you know and that plant you know will will root what what happens and you know the, the term is kind of thrown around you know genetic drift um, when a mother is around for a long time, it you know, and, and you're taking these cuttings off the plants, you're kind of damaging the overall health of the plant. You're not really, you know, genetic drift is really when your, you know, your plant the DNA is starting to change, and that's not what's really happening. But the, the plant just gets old after a period of time. So, the tissue culture process, you know, the first thing you do is is actually go through a sterilization process. Uh, you put it into this rinse, and it can it'll kill any kind of uh, you know pest or pathogen. Uh, it's it's really sterilized in the first step of the process, and from there it, it spends a couple of weeks in pretty much a test tube. Um, from there, uh, the plant is then put into an agar made up of uh, different hormones. Um, lots of sugars and 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 in different grow mediums, and from there you're kind of manipulating uh, the plant to um, to grow vertical. So the interspatial noting, you're actually just getting the plant to grow um, vertical, and there you're taking cuttings, and you know it's almost like an exponential growth. You know, three plants can turn into nine, nine can turn into 27, and you kind of multiply it um, from there. You know, one of the things that, you know, we've learned over the years is, you know, most, this is, this is, this science is, is used in, um, in agricultural, um, you know, wooded plants and strawberries and a lot of other, um, a lot of other plants. And, um <clears throat> through this process we we actually multiply keep everything in a sterile environment and like i said through this process I'll actually turn back like the genetic clock on it you'll get all of if you've grown from a seed you'll you'll notice like the symmetrical branching um you know most people you know top their plants um which slows down gives you more nodal you know nodes on the plant and what what we've known that what we've actually um, seen over the, over the years is that we actually see about a 20 25 percent reduction in, in veg time with these plants because you're not manipulating you're not pinching tops you're not like uh, you know topping the plant the the plant actually grows more symmetrical um, which just gives you more bud sites um, Wow fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. Like I, you know, when we set out to do this, you know, we knew that we would get this health and vigor. You know, we hoped for it, but um, a, a lot of the a lot of the advantages along the way um, were kind of I, I wouldn't say surprise, but you know, it was it was definitely a big perk to you know to what we did discovery of of this new approach well that's it's very important too for commercial applications and for groups really trying to execute and, and have you know the most bang for the dollar especially in these trying times it's it's it, and, and and of course having the health and vigor and can you speak to some of the issues in in this space currently with the the viruses and things that happen with most asexual propagation of, of cuttings and and just issues that that growers encounter with certain ailments that plants can carry onto their cuttings. Yeah, um, I'd say about six or eight years ago, um, you know, one of the issues people were seeing, you know, it started out, they called it dudding. Um, they saw the plant kind of get to, a, a you know, a place in the, 
in the flowering cycle where it would just stop development of pistils and, and trichomes. Um, the plant would just kind of, you know, it, it wouldn't reach its full maturity. And, um, you know, there was a couple other nurseries and, and PhDs kind of trying to, trying to figure out what, what this was. And there was a couple, I think there was a, I want to say it was University of Missouri kind of identified this as in hops as hop latent viroid. Um, you know, the vi- a, a viroid is, is, you know, not at the DNA level, it's at the RNA level. So it's, you know, it's very, very difficult to, to remove. And, um, and it really affects the plant, at, especially the mother plant as it's, you know, if you're taking asexually propagated clones, it, can be moved through different vectors. You know, we're seeing it being moved through, you know, water systems. If you're doing, you know, any kind of recirculating water, ebb and flow, stuff like that, um, the, the, the viroid can pass from one plant to another. You know, we've seen people, you know, have, you know, crop losses from 20 to 30%, you know, and, you know, especially now, it you know with with the compression and stuff that's happening in the market, you know it, it can really affect. You know, a farmer could put them out of business. So, tissue culture is unique because as you you know, when we take a new cultivar in, we test it for there's about 40 different pathogens and viruses and viroids. Um, uh, we use a a, a testing lab, uh, agricultural testing lab that has identified quite a bit of pathogens that are, are detrimental. So, you know, the first step is we, we, we kind of look at it. Um, it's, you, you, tissue culture is unique because it's kind of a closed loop system. If you have uh, a big out, outbreak of, of bacteria or, um, or fungus, like in a tissue culture lab, will just decimate them. So the protocols, the SOPs are, are, are very, very stringent on how plants are touched and, and moved around the facility. So what we do is we take um, a sample, we, we, we test that sample. Um, if there's anything that needs to be removed, um, we can go through a couple different levels of, of removing that. Um, but, um, if it doesn't have HLV going in, um, there's a very, very high rate that it will never, you know, it will never be found in the plant. Um, we, we test, um, our plant stock once it's in, and then also we do random sampling and, and testing, um, throughout the, uh, throughout the whole cycle. You know, we also have, um, cultivation, um, which I think is an important thing for a nursery to um, to have, because if you if you're a nursery and out there offering, you know, this industry wants genetics, you know, so quick and everything pivots so quick. Um, you know, we're out there doing rigorous testing on on um, the commercialization. You know, unfortunately, it's all right now. It's all about high THC. You know, we're we're doing selections. You know, for a lot of different cultivars based off of you know uh, different variables. But you know, we tried to 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 stress test. We tried to um, give as much information to you know the the, um, the cultivar, the client um, that we can. You know, I I think it's really important that. You know, like I said, as a nursery, you know, um, I always say the the success of the cult uh, the cultivation partner, the client, is predicated on their success um, is our success. So, you know, we always stress test. We uh, we test for THC, uh, cannabinoids, other cannabinoids, terpenes. Um, we've been we've been lucky to have some high some high THC, some high high terpenes. Um, you know, kind of like I said, it's kind of what the market is is asking for. But you know, we're seeing a lot of the the people starting now to ask for higher levels of terpenes, and um, which I'm happy about. You know, I've been breeding for for a while and doing selections for a while. So, you know, for me, it's uh, 
it's not just about THC. Um, so I'm excited for a lot of the new cultivate cultivars that are, are coming out that we're starting to put out this year. Oh, how exciting. I'd love to. That's a nice segue, too. And I, I do commend you on the work because it is important to, yeah, continue to try to inspire people to to try something new. Uh, the, the, the high THC trend, I hope we can move and, and evolve and innovate because variety is the spice of life in this genome, the cannabis genome. There's so much potential. There's so many flavors. There's so many interesting profiles and combinations of flavonoids and, and terpenoids and, and, and things can really become interesting the more we explore. And that said, yeah, I would love to get into some uh, any key things that you guys may feel that you're known for or flavors. I imagine a lot of our listeners, a lot of a lot of our listeners are growers that probably have worked with your gear and, and, and are fans. But for maybe the people that consume cannabis, uh, I'd love to get into talking about some flavors and things you're excited for in 22. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm always breeding and, and, and selecting and, you know, kind of touch back again on, on you know, the the experience. You know, it's... Uh, this isn't this isn't liquor. This isn't alcohol. You know, it's it's not the highest proof. It's gonna always get you, you know, the highest or, or or you know the drunkest. You know, like if you pick up a bottle of Everclear. And um, <clears throat> actually, I've been you know kind of setting out to 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 work on a lot of the education um, to understand. You know, everyone's endocannabinoid system is is different. You know, we all accept that that those cannabinoids those terpenes differently and i think it's very important from you know a point of of education from the dispensaries and uh just understanding what you know what it's doing to our bodies and stuff like that you know i've been actually working on some software stuff that will um that we're actually getting to to, re- to release soon but it it like I said, it goes back to about the education. It goes back to about, you know, um, kind of tracking how our bodies interact with it. Um, and there's this, there's so many different different uh, different strains that I'm working on right now. Uh, one of my favorites that we're we're just putting out commercially is uh, we're calling it the the chauffeur, uh, which is a cross of Skittles, uh, Sunday Driver, and Wedding Cake. Um, Wedding Cake has a great commercial like structure. It's very resilient to molds and powdery mildews. Um, so I kind of use that to to kind of give you the like you know the good the good stabilis of of being able to fight off some of those things. But then um, it's got all the funk and the uh, of the Sunday driver with like a candy, you know, uh, Skittles taste to it. So that one I'm really excited. Um, nice. We, uh, that does sound yeah. really, it's a one you're, you're pulling some of the key and that's the best thing about selection. If, if, if sometimes it doesn't come through, but you're pulling these key strengths of these wonderful flavors and cultivars and, working on the best attributes of each one into this new chauffeur i love, I love the play on the the driver and uh <laughs> yeah that's the i mean wedding cake too is a dream as far as bag appeal and the frost yep and yeah so i imagine that's part of the chauffeur appeal yeah and and so the one thing i didn't mention about tissue culture is it's a long process from the initiation it can go anywhere from eight months to to 12 months to get something commercially viable. Um, the different wow. processes that has to go through, um, you know, each cultivar is different. Like one, one mix might work on, you know, five, 10 strains, and then a new strain comes in and it, it, it doesn't work. So it takes time, you know, uh, trial and error, to like kind of to tweak it and, and, to uh to make it better um so 
you know, for us, like we're, you know, we're already working on things that are going to be released, you know, two years from now. So it's always, we're trying to stay ahead of it. You know, the, the, the chauffeur we did a couple of years ago, now it's just, you know, we're, we're finally able to release it over the last couple of months to people, but we're actually doing a bunch of new chauffeur crosses, which I'm excited about, but yeah, it's, um, that's the fun part. That's the part that, you know, that really keeps me passionate. Um, you know, I, um, I can't tell you how many different phenotypes and, and different seeds that were constantly popping and, and constantly crossing and, 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 and trying to find, but it's, it's the fun part, you know, like Definitely. the state, the, you know, can get you down. But right now, like, that's the thing that I'm, I'm most ex- excited about. To see the selection come through to the chauffeur and to see to see a a pheno manifest that could can really serve serve people and 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 do well in this changing marketplace. Is there any breeders or any flavors uh, that you feel drawn to or that you find are just top notch? Uh, would love to hear your thoughts because you have to do by default a lot of pheno hunting and you just mentioned that popping a bunch of beans trying a lot of things out there's a lot of that r&d goes into it especially when you have an eight to 12 month process i imagine you have a you know a short list of criteria you're looking for when you devote your resources for eight to 12 months to bring something to market yeah so for me you know um uh, I, I grew up in uh, in New York, so by default, I love gas. Uh, I love I yeah. love gas strains. I, I I grew up around you know the chems and the sours and stuff that were were back east, and um, I moved out to California about 23 years ago. Um, you know, for me, like uh, again, it's unfortunate. Like with the high THC, um, the green, you know, like green green weed doesn't sell right now um yeah so a lot of flowers need to be purple unfortunately and yeah i mean that's like you know most most breeders would tell you that's like a degenerate trait you know it's usually like bred out you know but um it's you know for for me um it's gotta have i'm you know I, i really look at the terpenes and i think you know, Skittles can 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 kind of attest to that. You know, that strain, you know, it's ugly. I remember the first time I saw it in a bag, and you know, I, I was it was a dispensary uh, here in 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 Truckee. Um, he was like, "Oh man, you got to check this new strain out." And he, you know, gave me a turkey bag, and I look at it. I was like, "Man, this is ugly." It looks terrible. Like, yeah. yeah, and it grows it kind terrible. of. It doesn't look great growing with that turp profile. Oh my God! I mean, um, I was actually up up in Mendocino a couple weeks ago with with all those guys, and uh, we've been doing some some collaboration stuff together. But I mean, God, th- those guys just the terpenes that those guys have are just out of this world. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, it's wild. Yeah, um, and it, it's funny because for me, there is you know a change in the industry too, which I, I don't want to say I, I, I pushed off, but for, you know, I love flower. I've never really been into dabbing. Um, but the more and more we, we started developing genetics and, and, you know, working with other breeders and stuff, like the more and more we started working with, um, solventless, you know, or even, you know, solvent, uh, extractors and, you know, it, it, it blew my mind what they could, you know, the spin that they could put on the flower. I remember the first time. It was actually funny. It was the, the two, I guess it was like 2017, like the last kind of crash in, in, in the flower market. And I remember cutting down a 3,000-square-foot greenhouse and freezing it all. I was just like, I was freaked out. I was like, what am I doing, you know? Um, and <laughs> For extracts, see, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to see the 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 different profiles that some of these guys and I'm lucky. I get to work with 
some amazing uh, extractors on both sides. Like, I know there's, like, you know, there's this kind of, like, you know, hydrocarbon versus solventless thing. But, you know, I work with some great extractors from uh, Paper Plains to Collier. Um, I've worked with Popham Barkley. Like, just so many people can put such a different spin that you, like, like I said, for me, like, I've always just loved flour and, you know, it's a whole new form of, of breeding now, you know, um, trying to figure out, um, how, you know, how to breed for, for the type of plant, for the resin, for granular based, you know, rather than, you know, kind of the, the wetness and like, that's a whole new area of breeding and selections that we've been doing for the last couple of years too. And we've had some, some winners, um, the fatso, you know, that was a super high testing THC, but it also washed really well. We'd get like a 7%, uh, extract, um, on solventless and actually the chauffeurs, I'm getting a lot of numbers like six to 7%. So, you know, as, as this market matures and, in in you know, I think the one thing we all do in this, this, this market is always pivot, you know, in this industry. So, you know, the last couple of years we've been really focusing on trying to get strains to market too, that like, um, you know, farmers can, can pivot, you know, like last year, you know, even us included, like as the, as the price of, you know, uh, sun grown flowers started going down, you know, that that's one area where you, you, you have to have high quality strains and high quality flour, even if you're freezing it, because if you don't, you know, you're not going to get the, the hash, you know, output. So, this year, like, you know, like I said, I always try to give as much information. I, I, I have a year, year and a half to play with these and grow these strains before they hit the market, um, like I was talking about with the, you know, the ramp up. But, you know, I really, um, this year, like, you, the the chauffeur, for example, like, if, you know, it, hit, it checks most boxes, it's going to go purple it's 30 percent thc high terpenes usually you know above three percent but it also is going to walk six percent too so you know um trying to help you know like i said our our success is always you know predicated on the the farmer's success so you know we've been trying to put out some of these strains where you know some of these guys i guess i can go flour or some sort of extract as well too yeah, wow, fantastic. Yeah, that's uh the the, the hashish and yeah, and the extracts is key key piece to the puzzle as a as a breeder or as, you know, what what you guys are doing as finest is and what I do appreciate too that you you grow out and you vigorously meticulously test things before bringing it to market. There's so many quote-unquote breeders that just do an F1 or something and and it's out. Um, yeah, and so it's it's commendable, and it's really important, and I think that's kind of the gold standard, and 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 that's how you can say, from your experience, that this is a a winner, with the turps yeah. like that, with the the yields on the hash, uh, and having some other key factors as far as like bag appeal, and that's that's another benefit of the tissue culture too, is in in doing my R and D and due diligence, there's. You consistency across the board, so you can grow what people are hoping to pick up. Uh, like you said, the green weed, unfortunately, is really hard to sell right now, even though hopefully things are changing, hopefully things can progress, and we, we move away from this high THC, purple gas dominant trend and, and get into more of these exciting new horizons and is there any others you were up in in mendo is there any new turp profiles you think in 22 that we should be thinking about or for growers um i'm not sure i mean apples or or any kind of the skittles the candy thing is certainly solid uh anything you you think that the market might appreciate too in 22 as far as looking at what we're going to grow this year like um 
You know, I, I saw so much up at the Skittles, guys, like some, some really unique. And I saw some of the best pineapples and grapefruits I've ever, honestly, I've ever. Wow, I've ever, pineapple, bring that back. I know, and like, and not to knock Jack, but like, usually a good pineapple has, is very, very Jack, you know. Yeah, kind of yeah, sure, like and, the, the pine, yeah, yeah, Yep. like pinene. Uh, uh, and the ones I saw, like, no Jack to them at all, so. It was it was unique. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just you know for me I, I want to you know like there's you know the market's been so dominated by gelatos and and and, and runs you know and um you know I I I, I want to see different things I want to see different profiles and nothing against those I mean I love a good gelato and um you know runs has very unique. Uh, layers to it and stuff like that but like i you know i want stuff that's different you know i want like i want to bring you know more great like i love you know sweet gases too like it always going to go back to gas for me but like i you know understand that i can't you know as a commercial nursery i, I can't put things out that is what i want you know but <laughs> if only <laughs> yeah no i hear it same with growing yeah sure um but yeah i i the uniqueness, you know, like I, I, I get to see a lot of other breeders and, you know, I purchase a lot of seeds. We sift through a lot of seeds. Um, and you know, there's some unique, there's definitely a lot of unique stuff that's like starting to come out. Um, and, um, lots of lemons like we're doing, uh, we have this log cabin, uh, which is a lemon OG KB, cross back to a biker kush very like uh lemon tree you know 13 dominant uh but it's got a great kush um you know great kush taste um you know that i, I just i <laughs> i just get really lost in like the different types of terpenes and you know like i i, I want to see variety i don't want to see things you know stay the same i see a lot of great ogs coming back too yeah i um, think there's a bit of a resurgence of the classics yeah and i think the skittles like a lot of these there's so many new skittle crosses coming out which i'm excited for um you know those guys just had this hindu papaya skittles which just kind of that blew my mind uh it was very like very raunchy fruit from the papaya and then you know the taste was all skittles too and that was in concentrate concentrate form but um i think the skittles a lot of skills crosses are going to come back uh this year um apples and bananas is actually uh, a favorite of mine it kind of brings me back to the old gdp days i can definitely smell you know some of the gdp in there you know it's it's we actually just did some some breeding with um, the original uh, um, blueberry uh, cut. Um, nice. So we're we're trying to bring you know t take some of the older stuff that um, that you know one of the nice things is we can we can store things with tissue culture and then you know pull things out when we want a certain turf profile um, and. You know, we just pulled out um, the original, like, DJ Shorts uh, blueberry and started crossing it to some stuff, and that's bringing out some amazing profiles as well, too. Um, I actually just brought out the original Thin Mint cookie that I was kind of talking about, which kind of honestly really started the the, the path uh, down to tissue culture for, for me personally. Um, but that kind of helped, you know, I'd, I'd say find us get on on track on you know trying to figure out tissue culture and how 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 it applied to cannabis but i'm starting to breed with that again too and that was one of the my like i think that was a big game changer even though um it, it got out really quick but i i feel like when that strain came out it really changed you know what you know the I guess the trajectory of like, you know, modern cannabis, like the bag appeal and stuff like that was just, you know, that, that I remember the first time I saw it, I couldn't, I didn't know, you know, cannabis looked like that, you know, so, um, starting to breed with some of that, you know, with some of the new stuff and 
just trying to mix it up and, you know, get a little different than, than what's flooding the market right now. Because I think that's what's really ultimately going to win in this, in this industry is like what the differentiation. Um, and for, for us, and I think all nurseries, you know, we, I, I talk with a lot of other nurseries owners and, you know, um, we kind of like, we've been kind of victim to our success as well, where, you know, like a lot of the strains that we've put out have flooded the market. And so it's always trying to like, not, you know, trying to understand and, you know, and pivot with the industry and try not to put too much out there because ultimately that, you know, can hurt, hurt the farmers and stuff too. So, you know, just trying to, trying to make, you know, new crosses and, 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 you know, understand the impact that, you know, that nurseries can have to not flooding the same stuff, I think is, is a big learning curve, uh, in the last couple of years that, um, you know, we definitely as a nursery and then also other nurseries been talking with a lot of other nurseries around too, just trying to keep things different, keep things, you know, unique and, and not take each other's stuff, you know? Amen. Oh, I think you hold some power there and that mindfulness is appreciated because uh, in a way what you provide to the farms is what will hopefully spark some some change in 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 the in the flavor profiles that the people try and you can also be the catalyst of of introducing these 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 hindu papaya skittles i mean that sounds fantastic and i love the idea of these these modern cultivars and, and reintroducing some of that old school dj short or the gdp or even some of the old school yeah hindu kush i imagine is in the hindu papaya yep so that's exciting that's really important because it does provide a little bit of uh ancient future platform uh for this modern cannabis enthusiast too to understand the roots of of the culture of how gdp was such a massive shift in bay area cannabis culture and to bring that back and similar to how skittles made a huge splash and then of course gelato and the cookie fam so it's just this amazing progression and dj short too is one of the original ogs that just really that's what built blue dream uh in the santa cruz haze with dj short that's a legendary cross and and those are legendary building blocks are there any other legendary building blocks that you are hoping to work with that you are working with anything i actually i've been looking for the old purple urkel um i i remember you know had a lot of friends in mendocino and i remember when that kind of came that started coming around but the profile i i haven't seen the same cut i saw you know years and years ago i'd, I'd love to find an old purple oracle and there's been some like you know some connect like some connections that we're on i'm on a bunch of like whatsapp threads and stuff like that there you go a lot of people a lot of people have been searching for it. I haven't seen that cut. I've seen, you know, I don't even know how long. That was, what, 15 years ago probably. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's one I would love to find again because I feel like that that was another one that just really was very influential, you know, um, to some of these new ones. Like the um, – or not, not new or – not new ones, but some of the ones that, like you had just mentioned, that really, you know, um, started to shape modern cannabis, you know, breeding. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of exciting opportunity there. Uh, so, yeah, ca- call to action <laughs> if anyone knows where the good purple urkel is. I, 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 and yeah. Likewise, you know, that's the, that's a beautiful thing about coming on the radio and, and speaking direct to the people. It's, who knows? Maybe somebody... A lot of the the gold is in your uncle's, you know, drawer in a film canister, yeah. you know, from from the yeah. '90s or the '80s. Yeah, we've had a lot of people reach out. Um, you know, one another thing that you can do with with uh, with tissue culture is also germinate seeds that may be a little more difficult to to germinate. I've had a lot of people reach out and be like, I've had these seeds since the '70s, and I'm afraid to 
you know, to, to pray to germinate them. So I had a lot of conversations about that. Um, you know, we've, we've definitely popped some, some old stuff and, um, you know, sometimes you find things, sometimes you don't. Um, I'm also really, you know, looking at, um, right now we're doing a pheno hunt with a bunch of different land race, uh, genetics from, um, you know, different, different regions and stuff too. You know, again, it goes back to some of these original hash plants and, and, and different regions of the world are, you know, mixing, mixing some old stuff with some new stuff. Um, so yeah, I've gotten a couple thousand, uh, ones from, um, a couple different regions in Afghanistan. So been started to sift through some things like that too. And, and see what they they hold how cool no that's 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 what feeds the fills your cup i imagine in this challenging space to work in to really get into the the love of the plant and explore the possibilities every seed is a prayer and all of these little little gems of possibility there's so much more to discover and you've already discovered so much and we've had I've discovered quite a lot having this show, and, and I just want to give you the, the last word. We're about a minute, 30 seconds before we get cut off, and uh, how can our audience continue to, to engage and support? And uh, thanks again, man. This was a great show. But I appreciate it. And, you know, the biggest thing for me, like, you know, you kind of mentioned, you had reached out about, you know, the Emerald Cup, you know, and uh, honestly, the the best thing that the, the the most fulfilling thing for me is is uh, I get to see so many of the home growers, uh, you know, bring stuff in and, and and show me what they've done with it, you know, and you know we'll smoke together or you know like <laughs> I usually leave, you know, with my backpack full of uh, <laughs> samples, right? People. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It, it you know it fills my heart, and the same with you know commercial cultivators. You know, I, I uh, you know I, I started out small, and 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 you know the first the first people I go to are the you know the the mom and pop farms. I think you know the the first thing you lose and and scale is is you know some of the quality and some of those guys do it just amazing, and I love uh, you know being able to support them and 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 feed their families. So that's what really keeps me going. Well, thank you so much, man. This is a great, great service you're providing. And thank you, Santa Cruz. Have a great weekend. You're listening to The Cannabis Connection. I'm Christopher.